Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel passage this morning, we encounter Jesus and his disciples as they ask him about the temple, and as Jesus points to the future and begins to inquire of them where they will put their hope and their confidence. And as they're leaving the temple, the, one of the disciples says, well, look at the massive stones. Don't we have great buildings here? This is magnificent. And Jesus says, well, you see all these buildings? They're all going to come crashing down. And they want to know, well, when that's going to happen. And he, he doesn't really tell them. But we know that it does come to pass that the temple will be destroyed. And the temple had become the center of all of their worship, of their meeting with God, of the atonement for sins. So the destruction of the temple is devastating. And as Jesus challenges them, well, all of these things are going to be overturned it really causes us to ask ourselves, well, where are we putting our own confidence and our hope? You know, we have a, a great building here where we gather and worship, uh, but what if it wasn't here? What does that do to our faith, our confidence, our hope? You know, we put our hope in a lot of things, our, our health, our jobs, our families, our friends and if we had to raise our hands and say well have those ever failed or disappointed you at any point in your life every hand goes up we put our hope and our our confidence in in nations and governments and they too ultimately will disappoint us and we have to ask, well, where do we stand then in our relationship with God when all of these things come to disappoint? When all of these things will fail? And in fact, the promise is Jesus will return again to usher in a new kingdom. And when he does so, all of the things that we've come to trust, even if they haven't failed us to that point, will be no more. And the new things will come into existence. So as we walk through our journey, we have to ask ourselves, well, where's our hope? Where's our confidence? And in fact, he warns the disciples, well, don't get worried when there's wars and rumors of wars and nations are going to fight and things are going to happen. Uh, don't get worried. As he says, these are the beginning of, of the birth pangs, that the, the culmination of the promise of Christ is coming down the road. Don't get distracted. Don't get overwhelmed by the things we see and the things that we experience. And so, if that's the case, then, well, where, where should our hope be? Where is our confidence? Where is our foundation? And we probably intellectually know that we have to build that foundation upon Jesus. 
And I admit that that's easier to say intellectually than it is to live out in our lives. And if we want to test that, what we have to do is say, all right, I know that intellectually. Now picture a time in your life when there was some sort of crisis. And did you move through that crisis confidently with the Lord or were the circumstances of that crisis overwhelming? And we've all probably had uh, a time where we could have done either of those where we've walked through it with real confidence with Christ, understanding His promise and assurance, and there's been other times that the emotion of the circumstance has overwhelmed us, creating fear and doubt and questions. But we're reminded in the letter to the Hebrews, in the section we read today, what Jesus has done for us. Because we're told that in the time of the temple, Day after day, priests would stand and offer sacrifice again and again for the atonement of sins, which never dealt with it permanently, but temporarily dealt with it as God prescribed. But we have the great high priest, Jesus, who has offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, himself, and then, when his work is completed, sits down at the right hand of the Father from where he came to make intercession for us day in and day out. And everything will ultimately be set right in the end. And all of the enemies of God's sin and death will be vanquished forever because of the work of Christ. And he's made a covenant with us and a promise that our sins and lawless acts he will remember no more. That we will be made righteous through the work of Jesus. And as the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees us covered by the blood of Christ. He sees us freed and forgiven. And he doesn't pull out his old book to rehab all the old things of the past which is often how we see God with a long scroll and one day he's going to want to talk to you about every single one of these things well if Jesus dealt with it what is there to say about it it's been handled and there has been forgiveness of sin and because where sin is forgiven in Jesus there's no need for continued sacrifice the work has been accomplished and then we're told that we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. That we have confidence and assurance and certainty to enter into the presence of God here and now in each and every moment of our life because of what Jesus has done for us. That should be our hope. That should be our rock. That should be our foundation. And since then, that we have this great high priest, we're called, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. You know, because in our walk, we often put up walls between us and God that don't need to be there. 
and we think for some reason because of our own sinfulness and deficiency uh, God is so holy and doesn't want anything to do with me or I should stay pretty far off because of what I've done and we all have a list but God on the other hand says this has all been dealt with come closer draw near you don't hear in the words of the gospel Jesus say stay far away from me I don't want anything to do with you he says come closer come deeper come further is the invitation by Jesus because we're cleansed by what he has done and then if that's the case then we hold on to that unswervingly as it says, to the hope that we profess. And it's this hope then that allows us to, to get out of bed in the morning when the circumstances of life may be heavy. And it may appear in the here and now that there is no hope or we have no answer or it seems like too much. In those moments, we get out of bed with the hope and assurance of the faith that we profess that the one who promised is faithful that Jesus will do what he said he's going to do. That, as followers of Jesus, has to be the only thing that really keeps us going through much of what life brings at us. Otherwise, we would just throw up our hands in the air and say, what's the point? What's the hope? Where are we going? What are we doing? But as followers of Jesus, day by day we know that God is faithful and will do what he promised. That means we will be raised to new life in Him in the new creation. And if that's the case, the, the letter to the Hebrews reminds us, well then let's not give up meeting together. But let us encourage one another. That the letter presupposes that we need one another as we go through life. That the Christian journey is not one that we do in isolation, just me and Jesus off to the side. That whether we like the messiness or not, Jesus set it up that we need each other to encourage us, to walk with us. And that when things are going on in our life, what we do is one of us reminds each other about the promise of Jesus, about his love and his mercy and his grace and his faithfulness. And we walk shoulder to shoulder with each other, no matter what we're going through, and lift each other up. That's what the community of believers does for each other. That's what we're called to do. That's why it's so important that we're here, not only to give thanks to God for what Jesus has done for us, which should draw us here week after week, but also we are nourished here by the Word of God. We're nourished from the altar with His presence as we receive the Eucharist. And we are strengthened by coming together one with another to share our journeys, the highs and the lows, to walk with one another, to encourage one another, and to support one another. And the writer says, and to do this all the more as we see the day approaching. That when there are circumstances in our lives, in our communities, in the world, whatever it is, that seems like they are, are more heavy and more scary and more confusing, well then all the more we need to draw together. All the more we need to draw to God. All the more 
we need to hear what Christ has done for us. And so this morning, with grateful hearts, we gather here to acknowledge what Jesus has done. That there is a way for us to draw close to the Father. And God desires us to be close. And may the Holy Spirit then teach us day by day how to draw even closer to God. And may we be united in the love of Christ to love and support and encourage one another. That as we have received the love of Christ, may we be so strengthened to go out into the world and invite others to come and to know a loving, merciful God full of grace who has made a way for them and longs for them to return too. May we be heralds of that good news and may the assurance of the work of Jesus Christ be our confidence and our hope. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise for the work that you've done on our behalf. We thank you that in and through you we receive forgiveness of our sins. May your Holy Spirit transform us day by day into your image and likeness. And with joyful and grateful hearts, may we fix our lives upon you. And may we boldly share the good news of the gospel with our friends, our families, and our communities that all might come to know you, that all might see and receive your love. And Jesus, we ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen.